You got nothing? Now ain't that something. Neither does he or she or we. Take a break. Forget your labor. Learn to trust yourself. Then trust your neighbor. People should be judged by who they're down with, in-person reality, or just who you favor. To pass that test, don't go by color, creed, or convict status. Don't pay attention to talking heads whose lies are aimed right at us. Welcome to another episode of Love and War, the podcast in which the irresistible force overcomes the immovable object. I'm your host, Lee Ballinger. I'm an author, poet, and producer based in Los Angeles. If you want to know more, check out my bio on Facebook, L-E-E-B-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. You can hit me up at rockrap at AOL.com, R-O-C-K-R-A-P, or on Facebook. The separation of children from their parents is not something invented by Donald Trump. On the contrary, it has a long history which continues to expand. During slavery, the children of slaves were not only separated from their parents, they were sold, literally down the river. Native Americans have seen their children taken from them, as did many Japanese Americans during the World War II internment. Today, there are over three million people incarcerated in America separated from their kids at the same time that children in large numbers are forced into foster care simply because their parents are poor. If you dig into the nuts and bolts of any of these scenarios, you will find that the primary reason children are forcibly separated from their parents is that there is money to be made from it. For instance, Southwest Key Programs Incorporated will be paid $458 million in fiscal 2018 to lock away children in detention centers, despite the fact that investigators have found the company to have committed hundreds of violations at its shelters in just the state of Texas. While Southwest Key Programs is nominally a nonprofit corporation, its CEO, Juan Sanchez, makes over $1.5 million a year, a 500% increase since 2010. How nonprofit is that? Meanwhile, a large section of the American people have stepped up in unity with the separated families. Marches, fundraisers, rallies, vigils, potlucks. This is beautiful and it seems likely to grow. Hopefully, this movement can become powerful enough to get the profitability out of family destruction and solve the problem once and for all. Mamá, tuve un sueño. Soñé mi abuelito. Estaba cruzando la línea, buscando una vida mejor para la familia. My mother immigrated to the United States from Brazil by ship when she was 16 years old. Her mother was from the small town of Gravata in the northeast not far from where Lula, the autoworker who had become president of Brazil, was born. My father's Dutch-English ancestors also came by sea, but in 1642. One of their descendants was a laborer in the small party of men who founded the city of Newark, New Jersey. Growing up, 
I never felt like the son of immigrants, maybe because the word immigrant didn't carry the weight it does today. Maybe because all I was interested in was sports, girls, and getting drunk. Where we lived in southern Indiana, the Klan was very active. The dry cleaners we used while I was growing up was run by a Klansman who was later sent to prison for burning down an African-American bookstore. It was not cool to be foreign there. My mother spoke three languages, but I only heard her use English at home, except when her sisters would visit. My mother was a beautiful woman, very smart and beloved by almost everyone. She might have invented the concept of get in where you fit in. I was 42 years old when she died. We never discussed any of this. I am well aware of the crimes of America. America has killed many of my friends, and it has almost killed me. But there are many reasons to love America. Almost every day, I find new reasons to give my passion to this place. People I meet, songs I hear, moments on the street. America is disintegrating, and much of the ugliness of our history is being revealed again. We have to deal with this. The future of humanity is at stake. But I also know this. You cannot transform something you do not love. You can throw rocks at it, but you cannot change it. I was born here. I will die here. I am in it to win it. I love my country. Paperback I have a new book out called Love and War, my first 30 years of writing. You can download a copy absolutely free at loveandwarbook.com. That's loveandwarbook.com. Let me know what you think of it. During the recent U.S. Track and Field National Championships, each and every event was sponsored by a different corporation. The Exxon 100-meter dash, the Starbucks pole vault, the Bird's Eye Food 1,600-meter relay. What's the big deal about that? When you hear this obnoxious form of product placement while you're watching the meet, it's just annoying. But if this continues in the future, track and field may become dependent on it for survival. What if corporations feel they are not getting enough bang for the buck and pull out? Will our national championships be canceled? The words democracy and corporation may have many of the same letters, but they are not the same thing. Why should we allow ourselves to be held hostage to the whims of the 1%? The U.S. Track and Field National Championships should be paid for by our taxes, and corporations should pay their fair share of taxes, which they no longer do. Hypocrite! Hypocrite! With so many worthy candidates, it's always difficult to choose the winner of our Hypocrite of the Month Award. But this time around, we're going to go with Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, who claims that forcing food stamp recipients to get non-existent jobs as a condition of being able to eat will move folks toward self-sufficiency. Hartzler has personally been the recipient of nearly $1 million in government farm subsidies. What is hip? Tell me, tell me, you think you know? What is hip? If you really hip, the passing. 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, now also known as the notorious RBG, has been getting a lot of hipster cred lately, centered around the documentary film about her that has gotten rave reviews. I wondered about this. So I looked up the vote on the 2005 Kelo versus New London decision, in which the Supreme Court voted to allow eminent domain to be used to seize private homes and give them to corporations. Ginsburg voted with the majority to authorize this fundamental change in U.S. law. How hip is that? During the NBA Finals, both the eventual champion Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers declared that they would not make the traditional visit to the White House if they won. Donald Trump, painted in a corner by this United stand, then declared that neither team was welcome at the presidential palace. There's a history to this that doesn't get talked about. In February 1990, Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson in a massive upset to claim the heavyweight boxing championship of the world. In April of that year, President George H.W. Bush invited Douglas to visit the White House. Douglas declined, choosing instead to introduce John Mellencamp at Farm Aid. There shouldn't be any homeless with the wealth there in this country, Douglas said. These people are in a position to do something about it, and they're not. Do I speak for the world? Let's finish up with a quote of the week, this time from George Clinton, who said, Communism crips and crack. See how they can make a phrase stick, make you scared of it, and then sell you protection from it? That's it for now. If you see me on the street, smile back. Well, together we stand. Together we will stand every